how will you as a father be remembered 20 years from now or longer when your kids are talking to their kids about you? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Rising Father Podcast. I'm Chris Rodak, and today we're talking about how will we be remembered? How will you as a father be remembered 20 years from now or longer when your kids are talking to their kids about you? And I remember specific moments from whenever I was a kid, and my father did little things that just made me feel special. Like I remember a specific night he came upstairs and brought me and my brothers, like a toasted peanut butter bagel. And for whatever reason, I just remember that. I was upstairs in our bunk beds. We had five guys living in one bedroom. And I was in the lower bunk. He came upstairs. Might have been having a bad day or something. But he came up and just brought this toasted peanut butter bagel, sat next to me, and we just talked and ate it together. And I still remember it to this day. It was something small, but it meant so much to me. I remember other nights, and that was just an individual moment. I also am thinking about how we want to be remembered in general as a person. So that was a moment. I also remember a dinner, a specific dinner, where we were all at the table. There's 11 of us living in one, in one two-bedroom house, eating dinner together, and my dad was just on top of the world. He was joyful. He was laughing at the top of his lungs. The whole family was chanting. For whatever reason, we were eating soup or something. We were, someone said, hey, Dad, you should eat like a dog. He's like, no, no, no. And then we all just started chanting, eat like a dog, eat like a dog, eat like a dog, Dad. And he ended up doing it. He just went down, started eating his food like a dog. Every I remember looking around. I was probably six, very young. But this memory is just seared into me. And everyone at the table was just chanting, laughing. It was like a magical moment. My dad was there eating a soup like a dog. Then he stopped. He was laughing his head off. And as that moment of pure joy is seared into my memory. With that, that same year, we probably went on a vacation. I probably got toys. You know, we probably did fun, crazy things. But I don't remember any of them. I remember that moment. I remember the moment of joy and it was almost almost as if you know my dad was so joyful that the rest of us had permission to be joyful because he let himself go and he had passion and energy and filled the room with joy and all came from him the rest of us felt like we could then do that as well so then now i'm thinking about me and how can i do that with my own family. You know, how can I fill the room with joy? Am I doing that? And not just a a moment thing. I don't want to just have moments as a father. I want my kids to be able to say, dad was, as opposed to dad did. If my kids can only say dad did this, that refers to individual things that happened, which I still want. You know, dad took us on this vacation. Dad took us hunting. Dad took us on hikes. Dad took us to do archery. That took us on walks. That's fine. But if they can say, dad was, and fill in the blank with a descriptor, that descriptor is really important and puts a big 
identity on who I am as a person. I want them to say dad was energetic. If they can, 20 years from now, my kids can look back and say dad was energetic. And that means that they remember me throughout the 18 years they spent with me, that I was energetic with them from the day they were born all the way through the time they left. I was playing with them. I was working out with them. I was always working out. As far as they can remember, Dad was always working out. Dad was always went to the playground with us. You know, he always fill in the blank. So Dad was a descriptor. Dad was present with us. Some of them would say that. Dad was energetic. Dad was present. Dad was joyful. Did I fill them with joy? And that is something that is built up over time. You know, a lot of times as fathers, we have a lot of pressures on us, especially if you're a business owner. You've got all the pressures of growing a business, of sustaining a business, and just of work. You have a pressure of finances. For fathers, their main driver for a lot of fathers is providing it's finances. It's continually making sure there's food on the table, making sure there's money coming in. Because you feel like if you're not doing that up to the whatever level you told yourself you have to, you are failing as a father. You feel like if I'm not hitting this blank income goal, then I am failing. And my, you know, and my wife knows that, and my kids know that. In reality, it's just you who put that barrier on yourself. Our family just wants to know that we're putting in the effort, that we're trying. We still have to have results, obviously, but they want to see that you are going after it. That doesn't mean that if you hit this goal you set, don't hit this goal you set for yourself, that you should consider yourself a failure. But we put so much pressure on ourselves to do that, a lot of times that leaks into our everyday being. So you can be with your family after the work is supposed to be done, and you're still upset about the business things that you didn't accomplish, or what happened at work. You, know, you get home, your kids come home, they've been thinking about you all day, and Hopefully they, they still want to play with you and it's time to play with them. And instead of running, running to them, giving a hug, saying, hey, let's go outside and play catch, it's everyone goes in their separate rooms, shuts the door, and it's just quiet. And if that happens, that's not just a now thing. And that's something that I have to combat as well because we got our kids, for better or worse, a year ago, a Nintendo Switch. And the point of that was there's – so much pressure on kids. My son's in fourth grade to go on YouTube, watch Mr. Beast, to do all these things that I want to kind of shield him from. Like you can go on. I don't want my kid to have free reign of YouTube. So I said, okay, if I could, if we could get a Nintendo Switch and play games as a family, like Mario Kart, Nintendo Sports, whatever that's called, then that'll be a good. I'd rather us do that as a family than him being and going watching YouTube. For me, that's a good. It's a good swap. But now there's the temptation always that he could just grab that thing, go into his bedroom and play. And that's not why we bought it. That's not what I want to, that's not what I want him to do. So I am also combating that of him or my daughter wanting to grab it and isolate themselves. And that, if that happens, it, that Nintendo Switch turns into something that separates our family and steals skills from him. You know, he can no longer. He's no longer getting better at communicating. He's not learning skills from playing. He's not getting stronger. It's just him in this screen. And we're also going to really, really put off phones and iPads and all that kind of stuff. He has an iPad for school. It's the only time he uses it. But anyway, you know, you could get into the pattern of you coming home 
and your kids coming home from school, them grabbing their screen, going to their bedroom, locking the door, and you don't see them until dinner time where they can't wait to get back to the thing. And if that's happening now and your kids are in the you know elementary, middle school age, obviously it's, it's not going to get better once they get cell phones. So it's something that for me I need to attack right now, make sure it doesn't go down that road because it doesn't get better. That's not something where you say it will get better in the future. And that ties into how we are remembered because if my son, say my son is in that pattern now of getting home from school, going to his bedroom, playing on the switch, I don't see him for hours. That means he is not getting any of this time with me that we could be having memories. Over this past summer, we spent tons of time together outside playing. We just got a puppy. So puppy's right by my foot right now asleep. And, you know, we went on walks, we went on hikes together. We just a lot of our summer was revolved around the dog and we went on a couple of different vacations. So make sure I made sure we spent individual time with each kid and was really intentional about it. Those are things he will remember. I remember my dad was active that summer. He was energetic. He gave me an awesome summer. If for the next nine months they're in school, it's the pattern of they go to school, they come back, they look at their phone or Nintendo switch and then they eat dinner, then they go back in the bedroom and I don't see them. That means the only time I get to spend with them is 30 minutes of dinner. And if that's our relationship, that 30 minutes of dinner will not be good. And if that's compounded 365 days a year, every year for the rest of their time they're with me, that means we're not making any memories. That means we're not sharing any skills, growing at all. And how we are remembered is that. It's... It's nothing. It means we don't have any memories. We're not remembered. He'll have some vague memories of when he was a little child, and that's it. And that is not going to be the case in my house. I'm not going to let that happen. I, not only is it you know, not just about me, I want to be remembered as an awesome father, but he has to have, and my daughter has to have a great childhood. Last night, uh, my wife had a business call, and it was time for time for bed but I said hey I haven't taken my son out individually for a while just on a walk without the dog so I said hey Nathan let's go outside and let's go for a walk and Lauren said just Nathan I said yeah Lauren just Nathan I'll take you out tomorrow so tonight is mine Lauren's time to walk together and she said hey do you want the dog I said no leave the dog at home for once <laughs> the night doesn't have to be about the dog so me and my son went out we just walked around our neighborhood for about 20 minutes and a lot of times when we walk, I talk about lessons that I could impart to him. You know, I have him tell me about his day, and I try to teach him something through the day. And I've been doing that for years, which has helped him a lot in terms of his thinking and how he handles everyday situations. But I don't want to do that. I, I want to get past that where we can also just communicate and just talk. Okay, Because I, I think that for a father and son to be able to just communicate, freely is really important because there'll be some times in his life where he's going to want to talk to me about things that are uncomfortable and honestly I just want free-flowing communication there's a lot of parent-child relationships where it's just you can't really talk so we just went down the street and I didn't say anything I let him start and then he actually said he said hey dad do you want to talk about school I said I said whatever you want man so he started talking to me about how he was him and his friends coordinated what they were going to wear for the first day of school and he asked me to to comb his hair and how he we found these Jordans on sale that he was wearing Jordans and him and his friends all wore their basketball jerseys and they sat at school I was like that's awesome man you guys you guys must be a cool kids because I never did that 
And then we saw some fancy cars. I was like, hey, Nathan, look at that Mercedes. Hey, look at that Porsche. And we started talking about his favorite cars and my favorite cars. And none of it was really deep in me imparting fatherly lessons on him. It was just communication and talking, kind of like friends talking. And I want to be able to do that as well. Yes, I still have to be a father. Yes, we still have to teach them. Yes, we'll still have to discipline them. No, we can't be their friends all the time. But we, there can be multiple layers to our relationship where, yes, there's times when he's going to need discipline, which happens every day. Every day, me and my wife say, man, he's so much like this puppy. <laughs> where we see so many things. Sometimes we get their names interchanged. We say, his name's, our dog's name is Rusty. We go, Nathan. I mean, I mean, Rusty. Or we'll go, Rusty. I mean, I mean Nathan. And we'll, we'll do that back and forth a lot. But there can be multiple layers to your relationship with your kids. And communication for me is something that is so important, something that I want to just master and nail with them. And it's going to be different for my daughter and my son. Like my, my son is a very good communicator. He's very emotional. And he can get very deep with you or he can get very superficial. But he's, he's got a lot of parts to him. My daughter is a little more closed off and... Once she gets going, she gets going and doesn't stop. And she will just talk and talk and talk and talk. And she, for her, she just kind of wants you to be there. She wants just to know you're present there with her, paying attention to her. So it's different skill sets for each kid. And if you've got multiple kids, then, yeah, you have to develop those skill sets of how do, does each kid communicate with me and take note of them, understand them. Like I know how my daughter communicates. I know how my son communicates. And... I can do that with each of them really well, but not perfect. I still, over the next 10 years, expect to get better at those. And a lot of times, our kids don't really want anything spectacular from us. They just want our time. They just want us to be there. I've been reading a lot of books lately on the relationships between fathers and sons, initiations. Um, and one of the things that's changed a lot over the last 100 years, 200 years, is the amount of time fathers get to spend with their kids. Because back in the day, a lot of our jobs were around the house. It was farming. It was in the village. It was, you know, you were the mechanic or the blacksmith or whatever it was in your village. And you worked with your dad. You worked with your uncle. You know, all the, the guys kind of worked together and passed on those skills to the children and to your sons. So your son was with you and witnessed you working. He knew where you worked. He understood your job. He could watch you and gain skills from you and communicate. And you guys could work through the hard times together, the 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 fun times. You know, if you were working an eight-hour day with your dad on a farm, there'd be times when he'd be yelling at you and you'd have to get over it. There'd be times when you'd be working really hard, wanting to give up, and he'd say, no, you can't give up. All that stuff is gone now for the most part because for most of us, Dad goes to an office in the city, and he's gone for nine, ten hours, comes back for one or two. During those one or two hours is the magic time. And for some of you, for some of you guys who come back for one or two hours, you're really struggling to be present. And then you go to sleep, they go to sleep, and the next day repeats, and your kids think about you all day and can't wait to see you for those one or two hours. And then during those one or two hours, are you thinking about them? Are you present? Or are we thinking about the office again? Are we thinking about what we have to do at work? 
oh my goodness, can I level up this year? My goodness, can I can I hit this business goal this year? You know, while our kids are there just waiting for us, just waiting for our attention. That's what's at stake for how we are living our lives right now. It's it's not just what we're doing today, it's how we are remembered. It's how our kids are seeing us right now. We can think about our daily lives in the bubble of this is us. Like I live, you know, kind of like in a little hamster cage, a glass cage, and everything I do affects me and everything that happens to me only affects me. The choices I make in my life are my choices. It's a very this era way of thinking. You can call it, I don't know what generation it is, millennial or what, but a lot of times you were thinking, you know, my truth, my blank, my blank. It's just like everything I do only affects me. Everything that happens to me only affects me. If you're a father, almost all of it, the, almost all of it affects everyone else. Okay. Your life is now intertwined in a major component of many other people's lives, your wife's life. You've promised your life to your wife. Now, a great deal of every single decision you make affects her life. And it's not like, oh, that's inconvenient. It's no, that is what you promised and that is what you get to do now. You have multiplied yourself. You're more than one person now. You are now you plus your wife. That is the life you're now living. You're now living more than one life. And that is a level you can attain. And if you reject that, then you're causing constant friction because your wife is here, you're here, your lives are intertwined if you're married. And if you're constantly trying to pull apart, it just makes constant friction. So every decision you make in your life, whether you decide to take care of yourself, whether you decide to work hard at your business, whether you decide to help out around the house, whether you decide to sleep in, stay up late, go out drinking with the boys, not spend time at home, every single decision affects your wife. And it affects her actual life. Not just how she's feeling one day, but it affects the trajectory of her life. And then your kids. Every decision you make affects your kids' lives permanently. If you are going to be remembered as a father who is athletic and energetic, that will permanently affect your kids. And I talk to guys who their kids are tw 10, 12 years old, and they're still really out of shape. And they're like, yeah, man, I've been trying to get in shape for the last 10 years. Just can't get it together. And I said, all right, man, what's your plan? Like, well, you know, not in a, I'm not in a rush right now. Um, I think next month might be the month. Or you know, November is going to come around. November, my situation is going to change. Or, yeah, next, next year is the year it's going to happen. It's like, okay, I understand how that might make sense in your head. But 12 years have passed. Your kids have six more years with you. That means already they're going to remember you as an inactive father who didn't give them everything already. Now it's your job to have an intervention with yourself and change how they remember you. Because if you don't, then forever you won't be remembered well by your children. And besides just how you're remembered, forever you have impacted them negatively forever. So right now, you have to massively change yourself or it's just not going to happen. Like if your kids are 12 years old, that is what? What's the math there? One, two thirds of their life is already gone with you. 
You've got one third left, six more years. And if you have a change to make, are you really going to wait till tomorrow? You really going to, is it really not worth anything to you to where you can wait longer? And I get, admittedly, I can get frustrated when I'm talking to someone who has waited 10, 12, 15 years to make a change. And they, you know, they'll tell me, they'll say, hey, man, I have a drinking problem. You know, I drink too much at night. I, my kids come home from school. I'm on the couch. The guys tell me this all the time. They say, my kids come home from school on the couch. I'm sitting on a couch drinking. Somehow guys are playing video games still. I don't, I didn't know that was a thing. I played video games for about two years before I had kids. I haven't played video games in six years. But some, apparently guys are playing video, a lot of video games. I didn't know this was still a thing. And guys are playing. I talked to a guy who missed Christmas morning because he was up so late drinking and playing video games. And imagine being a child. And man, Christmas is still my favorite holiday. I just remember it as Christmas tree, just candles, tons of food, presents, warmth, my parents. And dad isn't there because he was playing video games and drinking at night. Can you imagine the the forever impact you're making on that kid. And I'll talk to guys like that. And then they'll say, yeah, I, I'm, I don't think I'm, I really want to, I want, I want to do anything yet. I'm not really ready. Um, I don't, you know, I'm a little tired. My situation isn't perfect. Uh, my finances aren't quite there yet to invest in myself. I'm, I don't really want to wake up that early. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to push myself that hard. Um, is this like a hard workout thing you guys do? Do I have to really watch what I eat? Um, I'm just like, are you kidding me? Do you really want to watch your life waste away right now? That's what's happening. Your life is wasting away. Your kids' lives are wasting away and they are going to reject you. Is that what you want? And I understand not being able to grasp that. I've been thinking this way for a while. And if you think about your life selfishly to where everything you do only affects you, then you're not thinking like this. You're not realizing that your kids will grow up thinking back on their father as a drunk who played video games. Instead of, my father was a warm, inspirational, energetic figure that I want to model my life after. Because if you realize that, you wouldn't want to put off anything in your life a day. You know, it could even mean getting up one hour earlier. If I'm telling you, if it took a random hundred guys in my audience that needed to make a change in your life, if you just set your alarm back one hour and you did that for a hundred days straight, you could change your life by the pure fact that you have more time in your day to work out, to journal. If you just journaled 100 days in a row, your life would change. If you drink a gallon of water every day for 100 days straight, your life would change. If you started doing push-ups, doesn't even have to do a lot, every day for 100 days straight, your life would change. Any of the, any of the, li I've got tons of parts to our men's program. If you do one of those things every day, didn't stop, your life would change. Just imagine if you did all of these things in every area, gave your life to it, went all in, how much you could change your life. But you have to want to change your life. You have to understand the impact of it. And if you don't have the far back view of 
how are my actions affecting the other people around me, then it's never going to be worth it to you. It's never going to. Because then you start thinking, well, I can just join a gym, right? I can just, I can just Google how to be a better father. I'm just going to do that. And then, of course, you don't do it. And nothing changes. But you have to understand the implications of everything you do on the people around you. How do you want to be remembered? Live your life today like you want your kids to be describing you 20 years from now. What do you want your kids to be saying about you at your funeral? That's something we're having guys in our group do, is write their own eulogies. What do you want people to be saying about you at your funeral? I'm going to start writing mine today. I'm going to write it out, two or three pages. How do I want to be remembered? That's going to gonna help me. That's going to tell me how to act over the next 30 minutes, in the next 10 minutes. It's, what do I want my kids to say about me when I'm dead? And if you don't have that far back view, the individual actions you make through the day won't be worth it. Every one of you can make the changes you need to. You have to understand their importance and understand as a father, time is limited. We don't have an infinite amount of time. Time is 1,000% limited. All you have to do is understand that, yeah, if your kids go to college or they're probably going to move out at 18. And then honestly, before that, I remember whenever I was 14, 15 years old, I was at my friend's house every single day, almost never home. So you don't even have that much time. If your kids are young, living with you in the house, and you're like, all right, man, this... Like someone messaged me the other day, or someone commented, um, Alex Hermosi, who's obviously I look up to, amazing marketing mind, super millionaire, super successful guy. They said, hey, he said that when your kids are young, you should focus on your business and finances and while they can't remember anything. They said, do you agree with that? I said, no, I don't. Because once again, it's not the individual dad did things that I want my kids to remember. It's the dad was things I want them to remember. Dad was loving and warm. From years zero to three, zero to four, our kids can't remember individual moments too well unless they're searing. But they do remember how you made them feel. They, it does craft who they are. There's a, an old science experiment. I don't know. You can Google it. I don't know the name. This scientist, this lab had two groups of, I think, baby monkeys. And in group one, the humans that cared for the monkeys had their faces showing. So their faces would show and they would care for the monkeys. They would hug them. They'd show them affection. In the second group, the people had masks on. They put masks over their face and they would not touch the monkeys at all. They just It was like a robot was interacting. So the first group had affectionate, warm humans where the monkeys could see their eyes and their faces smiling. The second group, it was just a mask. They couldn't see anything. The second group went crazy. The second group of monkeys, they went insane. They had severe trauma and issues permanently. The first group thrived, flourished. Imagine that with a human child. Imagine that with a human baby. What happens to that human if... Oh, well, they can't remember me, so if they don't see me, they're going to be fine. Imagine if you had that mindset, what that would do to a human baby, their actual biology, their actual genes. What would that do to them? 
it would destroy them. And then say, you know, year four, you decide to pop back in because now they can remember something. They're not, first off, they're not going to know who you are. They'll be terrified of you. You'll just be a complete stranger jumping into their lives. And then, you know, you'll try to connect with them. And the bond that happens in those first three years is stronger than anything you can grow through physical touch, through affection. I remember my son was born the, you know, 10, 10 seconds after he was born. They, they handed him to me and we locked eyes. And we, and we just stared at each other for five minutes. Instant, eternal bond made. No, he's not going to remember that moment. I'll remember that moment. But we did create a physical, emotional, spiritual bond right then. So yeah, it's important. I'm going to end it there, guys. What you do today is extremely important. Live your life as you want to be remembered and rise for your family. Thank you.